Welcome to the Spiritual Psychiatrist Podcast, the show where we explore the unity of spirituality and mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Lee, and it's a joy to be on this transformative, epic journey with you. I call the most epic love story ever written, the return of at least a billion souls back to source. As a board-certified psychiatrist with a deep passion for integrating spirituality and mental well-being, I'm here to guide you through the eternal life wisdom, latest science, expert interviews, and personal stories that will catalyze your path to healing, growth, self-realization, and self-actualization. Whether you're seeking answers, inspiration, or simply a deeper understanding of your own inner world, you've come to the right place. Together, we'll unlock the healing and limitless potential within each one of us. Enough said, let's dive into today's episode. What's up, beautiful souls? It's Dr. Samuel Lee here, and I'm super excited to start this journey with you. It's been a long time coming. And for the first episode, I just wanted to share a little bit about me and my hero's journey so that we can build rapport, get to know each other. Um, And my main message that I want to convey in this podcast is no matter what you or your family member is going through in mental health, there is an answer. The technology is already here. Everything that you need to heal is possible and it's already here. So I'm super excited to begin this journey with you and talking about mental health, talking about my journey, talking about all of the technologies that already exist. But more importantly, once after you heal, Um, your potential, your limitless potential, delving into the different esoteric wisdom, uh, the different technologies, the different mindsets, uh, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, that can help you and your family member along your journey. So with that being said, um, I want to start by going deep. You know, these days, uh, I like to go deep. And so the three main questions that humanity has right now is, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And what am I here to do? So I want to begin like where it all started, and that's with source. It all started when the source of all energy, the source of all love, the source of all wisdom had a question. And during everybody's hero journey, they're going to have this question and it's going to come up for you. Who am I? Well, it all started when Source had asked that question. Who am I? And Source wanted to experience itself in many different ways. And in the beginning, God said, let there be light. So sound became light and light became you know, a little more dense, a little more dense. And there is no time, only consciousness moving through different densities. So all at the same time, it's all happening now. And that first sound, when God said, let there be light, it's happening right now. And the reason I bring this up is to mention that we are all 
unique, oscillatory, vibratory reflections of Almighty Living Creator Source having a unique experience right now. So who am I? I am Source. And in all actuality, there is nothing you can do to separate yourself from God. God is the energetic infrastructure that runs through all things and all people. God is the energetic infrastructure that runs through all things and all people. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. Anything or anyone that tells you otherwise is programming and conditioning. It's all God making love with God, source interacting with itself in many different forms. And Earth is one of, if you want to call it, the densest planets where we forget who we are when we're born. And so it's been a hero's journey of remembering who you are. Every single problem that happens in life is when we forget that we are source and there's nothing that can change that. So who am I? I am source. You are source. We are source. We are all one. And along the hero's journey, you're going to have that experience. If you go for the path of truth, you will eventually have an experience, which a lot of people call meta, going meta, becoming one with everything, unity in diversity. So I wanted to start there. And, and then I wanted to go into why am I here? You see, when you start anything, it starts with a desire. Source had a desire to know itself through you, through me, through the plants, through the animals, through the trees. And so in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, all these simultaneous versions of itself were created. And why am I here? It's because source wanted to expand the knowledge of the one to experience itself in many different forms and bring back that living record book back to source and expand its knowledge of itself. And that's what the Bible calls, if you want to call it the book of life, is the record book of source and it's constantly expanding itself. Now, humanity is at a very interesting intersection right now. There's a polarization of frequencies happening right now. People's higher selves are coming online and it will continue to come online naturally, gradually, because we are on a return cycle to source. Everything happens in cycles. And so we're entering into what some people call the golden age. Some people call the age of Aquarius. And the Schumann resonance or the core frequency of Mother Earth, the heartbeat of Mother Earth that scientists can measure is increasing. And we're exiting one age and we're entering into the golden age. And so as people's higher selves come online, they're going to have a choice because the greatest gift ever given to humanity is free will choice. There's no force in source for there to be love. There has to be a choice. And so as people's higher selves come online, the Schumann resonance increases in Mother Earth, higher oscillation entrains lower vibration. So everything living on Earth, the frequency is going to increase. And when that frequency increases, what does light do? It exposes the darkness. It exposes systems. 
it exposes what's not true. And so as people's higher selves come online, they're going to have a choice. Do I want to continue to abide by systems that are dense, that are based on fear, that are based on the illusion of separation? Or do I want to oscillate and vibrate with Mother Earth into a return cycle to source, fulfilling the original intention of source, which was to experience itself in many different ways? You are a living record book of source. I am a living record book of source. And so why am I here? To experience God as myself, to have unique experiences, to go through a lot of things and to to bring back this living record book of source back to the record books to expand the knowledge of the one. And those who choose to abide by new systems, uh, transparency, respect, unity, trust, love, all one, the sacred law of one, are going to choose to oscillate with Mother Earth on a return cycle to source, what some people call ascension. And what does that even mean? Well, ascension means when you start embodying your fourth, fifth, and sixth-stranded DNA, which is your soul, a pure carbon, crystalline, less dense version of you existing right now. And then once you start embodying your soul frequencies, you can start embodying your oversoul, your seventh, eighth, nine-stranded DNA, which is a pure crystalline version of you, less dense version of you existing right now. And the 10th, 11th, 12th-stranded DNA is your avatar, inner Christos self, a pure liquid light version. And as you start embodying you're ascending your frequency with the core of Mother Earth, with the heartbeat of Mother Earth, and you're returning um, this record book of source, embodying your higher self. And what is e even an ascended master? A lot of people talk about ascended masters. Well, there's what we call a primal light field and a primal sound field. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Sound becomes light. And then as you start embodying your primal light and primal sound fields, you return into the living record book of source to expand and take this unique experience that you've had as a human being, as an original celestial human being, and you return that knowledge back to the living record books of source. So it's a very important, beautiful, epic time and inflection point in humanity's history where people's higher selves are coming online and they're going to have to choose. Now, those who choose to abide by denser systems uh, based on fear, uh, based on, you know, a lack of transparency, what's going to happen is they're going to continue to consume energy to create energy, consume energy to create energy. And eventually everything in nature, if you continue to abide by that system is going to die, it's going to run out of energy. And it might take, you know, not immediately, it's going to happen over a long period of time, but they're going to eventually return to source as space dust through a black hole space dust return with no incarnational memory of itself. But that space dust is still sacred. It's still a part of source. There is no separation. And now ascended masters, if you want to call it people who've embodied their higher self all the way to the primal light and primal sound fields can now use this sacred space dust energy to create new universes, new planets, and new galaxies. So who am I? I am source. Who are you? You are source. Why am I here? To experience, to expand, to fulfill the original intention of source, to experience itself in many, many different ways. 
and to bring back that living record book back to source to expand the knowledge of the one because source is continuously creating and expanding through you, through me, through us. And so um, now the question becomes, what am I here to do? I hear a lot of people asking this question. What's my purpose? Well, I promise you, you have deep, deep, deep purpose. Universe intelligent. Nothing happens on accident. You, a heaven sent present, unwrap the gift inside and you will find you are who you've been looking for the whole damn time. And so what do I mean by that? Look within where? Into your intron potential DNA and the best advice that I've ever received in my life. Be you. To thyself be true. So what is your deep purpose? What is my purpose? And this is what I found in my hero's journey is to be authentically me. Unprogrammed, unconditioned, a unique oscillatory, vibratory reflection of almighty living creator source is already with who I am. So it's about a process of when you're born on earth, you forget who you are and why? Because of the great love of source. There are certain beings and souls and make no mistake about it. There's no force in source for there to be love. There has to be a choice. So if God is love is source is love. If there's no love, if there's no choice, it's not love, right? So free will choice is the greatest gift ever given to humanity, which means that on some level, your spirit, your oversoul, your soul chose to be born on earth. And in some of my ceremonies, in the heart protocol ceremonies, a brother actually remembers that moment where he was before he incarnated on earth, where he decided to be incarnated on earth. And when you incarnate on earth, you forget who you are. And he who has been forgiven much can love much. She who has been to the darkest of the darks can appreciate the light all the more. So some of the most ancient beings allow themselves to be born on earth, sign that contract. Yeah, I want to come to earth because I love source and I want to know source through duality and want to know source through the density. And so when we're born, we forget. And there's a very specific contract that we sign to be born on earth. And I always tell people, courageous choice to be born. And remember, I said nothing happens on accident. So on the day you were born, Jesus said even a hair, consciousness knows even the numbers of hair. Everything is energy. On all energy is conscious. So on the day you were born, you chose the day you were born. You chose which family you wanted to be born to. You chose the sacred womb. And on the day you were born, all of the, you know, a lot of people are talking about astrology, all of the stars and the planets were aligned perfectly on that day. The influences of the planetary energy were aligned perfectly for you to complete your unique mission, which is to be you and to bring back that living record book back to source. And we're vibrating and oscillating at a high frequency 
The planetary influences are with us. Jupiter, growth, expansion, energy. Every single planet has a positive aspect and a challenging aspect, and it's not good or bad. And so I chose to be born um, in this lifetime. Um, and, um, you know, to my mother and my father, shout out mom and dad for a very unique, specific reason to be me. And so it's been this long hero's journey of deprogramming, deconditioning, because, you know, when we're born, when that sperm and that egg hit, okay, as soon as that sperm and egg hit, there's seven to 11 generations of karma, trauma, and all the beautiful things of, of that lineage passed on to you immediately. And so the soul, the spirit actually searches for the exact right set of circumstances, the right mother and the right father for the experience they want to have. Actually, in one of my ceremonies, there was experience where a dear brother of mine was literally you know, his soul, he was in the ceremony in the sacred space and he was interacting with him on a higher level or the beloveds or the guardians, if you want to call it. Um, and he, he was shown four different soul paths. And each soul had like ups and downs and each soul had like lights in it, some soul, you know, and there was four different paths. And he was asked, would you like um, a soul mission upgrade, what some people call a walk-in. And right, so when before we come in, we're looking at the paths that we want to choose. Oh, in this lifetime, I just want to have fun. Or in this lifetime, I want to really help humanity, right? And so we get to choose. And so in this lifetime, I chose to be born to a very, very beautiful family. My mother was a nurse growing up. And from her, you know, uh, I think the reason I chose her was to learn about unconditional love. I mean, like, you know, she loves Jesus. Uh, she can't, you can't go like three minutes without her giving you a sermon about Jesus and the love of Jesus. And she lives it. So for my mom, I received that unconditional love. And um, I chose my father because he has a, a really powerful warrior spirit. And he's a very, very strict uh, minister of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So imagine, the people say if my dad wasn't a pastor, he would be a gangster. Uh, that's what the church kids said. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when like Jesus, you know, fold, created a whip. He had a warrior side and he said, you made my father's house into a, 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 it's a house of prayer, but you made it into a house of business. Well, so that was kind of like my father. So he had a warrior side to him. And I, I know that I needed that in order to accomplish my hero's journey. But this actually goes really deep, too, because there's seven to 11 generations of DNA strands that if you can, if you want to say, be born to a certain lineage that has certain karma and certain trauma, and you can heal the trauma. And you can clear the karma. Not only have you healed your ancestors, but on a quantum level, you've opened up uh, a quantum potential for every other child out there to follow kind of like jesus blazed a, a a trail for people you are blazing a quantum potential trail on your hero's journey for every other kid out there who's going to go through something you go through 
And when you overcome that, you have the keys to the consciousness and you've opened a quantum potential for them to follow through. And so for me, my journey has been, I was born into this family, a uh, very highly religious family, and I was programmed and I allowed my higher self, allowed myself to be programmed, a uh, very strict religious programming. You know, if you have sex before marriage, it's a sin. You know, every Friday night to Saturday, you can't do anything. It's a day of rest. It's a holy day. You know, and I was programmed to believe in this concept of sin. And what does sin even mean? Sin just means you're missing the mark. And that's what human beings were meant to do. But I had this crazy programming when I was born into this family. And because of that, I allowed myself to go through every single psychiatric condition personally. So I went through, you know, major depression three or four times, called off my wedding in a manic episode in Vegas. There was like three to six months where I was literally in bed. I could not get out of my bed. Uh, I was so full of guilt and shame because of this religious programming. And then I went through severe PTSD. And so I went through all of these things. And so my hero's journey has been to go through every single psychiatric condition personally. And then to become a psychiatrist. And then to realize that the Western system of psychiatry is not currently treating the root cause. So I was a psychiatrist in LA for about seven years, um, sitting across from every single one of the world's problems while I was going through my psychiatric conditions and symptoms. And then that led me on a very, very deeply healing personal journey where I had to heal myself. And so, you know, becoming a yoga instructor, um, learning about breath work, how to release the seven to 11 generations of trauma that I inherited and that I had, um, through this lifetime and from my ancestors. And then I went on, you know, an exploration of all things psychedelic. So really delved really deep into the psychedelic world. And it was a very powerful kind of tool for me. And then, um, you know, I found what is called the heart protocol, which is a combination of medicines, which for me is the most direct way to connect to your soul. And, you know, what I learned is Western science says there's about 10 to 20,000 diseases. Actually, in indigenous wisdom, they say there's only one disease, and that is a disconnection from one's own higher self. Because from there, the right thoughts, the right words, the right attitudes become emotions, the frequency of the emotions, which then come into the body and it starts healing the body. And so in the heart protocol, what we're doing is we're connecting people directly to their higher selves because there's only one disease, a disconnection from one's own higher self. And that has been my hero's journey is to go through every psychiatric condition, to become a psychiatrist, to realize that the Western psychiatric system is not treating the root cause and then to heal myself. And now I'm coming full circle and to share with you guys what I've learned along my journey, some of the most powerful healing tools that have helped me along my journey. Um, and I'm excited to do that. Um, 
So there's a couple key things that I wanted to share with you guys um, about my journey. And I want to just kind of share with you guys some defining moments that help shape who I am. So at the age of 16, you know, I was in a private school and I was um, going on a mission trip to Honduras. And, um, you know, something was happening inside of my heart. So, you know, Christians call it the Holy Spirit was working on my heart. And I, I just started journaling to Jesus every single day. I started reading a book about Jesus's life called The Desire of Ages. And it started portraying this beautiful archetype. And as I was doing this, on the we had built a church for the people. And on the last day, everybody was partying. We were celebrating. And I just heard this still quiet voice. Now I know it to be my intuition. Sam, I want you to go take your journal and go out on the beach. And I did. So I left the party and I was walking on the beach and I sat there and I looked up at the stars and this presence, uh, light, um, unconditional love started just kind of coming into my body, coming into my heart. And I started feeling, if you want to call it the unconditional love of what at that time was for me, my hero, Jesus Christ. And this love started pouring into me and I started feeling my heart and I started, God, this love was overwhelming. And I started crying there on the beach. And this was, if you want to call it the first time that religion became a relationship. And so I started having this personal relationship. And before that time, it was all like rules and regulations and things like that. But something, I actually felt this heartfelt experience. And for the first time, I felt this unconditional love and it changed me. I had my awakening. And uh, when I got back home, I quit the basketball team. That, that was like my passion was basketball, to be the first Asian NBA basketball player. And I went all in on Jesus, you know, um, went to go feed the homeless every weekend, became the spiritual youth pastor of my school, um, you know, uh, eventually became a youth pastor. And this relationship was real. It was like a fire, like nothing else mattered but this love, you know, feeding the homeless on the weekends, doing everything I could to follow in the path of Jesus Christ, my hero at the time. And, you know, this fire was real and it like lasted all the way until I was 22 years old. And at the age of 22, I went to um, a private college uh, in California. And it was a small college, 2,000 people, and I was a religion major. And what I noticed in Christianity at, at the school was everybody was talking about God, but this nobody was really on fire. They were talking about it, but everyone was, if you want to say, just in between, lukewarm. And at this time in my life, I was probably like the most innocent 22-year-old kid on the planet. Like my whole life had been um, basketball, 4.0 GPA in high school, um, you know, just really, um, you know, and, and, and Jesus, that was it. That's all I did. I would study until my nose bled because my dream was to be a medical missionary and to go to Asia and to spread the gospel all around the world. If you look at my high school yearbook, you'll see um, voted most likely to succeed. And then number two, what do you want to be when you grow up? Medical missionary. 
So I had this dream, like uh, a vision of being like Paul, you know, going to Asia, spreading the gospel and telling people like, yo, like there's good news. And in a weird way, like I'm, I'm doing that. You know, I just got back from Thailand for my second trip, but I'm doing it in a way I never thought I would. The good news, the gospel for me now is that you have everything you need. You are who you've been looking for. The science of the eternal life, wisdom. Everything you need to heal is inside of you. And nobody's healing anybody. You were just remembering, reconnecting to what Jesus called the Father, our higher self. And from there, all the healing flows, all the miracle flows, everything you need is inside of you. So at the age of 22, I was like super innocent. You know, I was at church. All my friends were upstairs. They were getting ready to, you know, go out uh, to San Francisco to do what college kids do, to party. Um, And, you know, I had never had a sip of alcohol in my life, you know, at the time. And I went to church alone on a Friday night. Seventh-day Adventists go to church on Friday night to Saturday night. And I was looking around and, you know, people were throwing paper airplanes. Nobody was paying attention. And I had fallen into this state of being lukewarm, not hot, not cold. And the thing is, like, I knew what hot was, on fire was. I wasn't that. And there's a verse in the Bible that came to my heart. And it says, I would rather have you be cold than lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, I will chew you up and spit you out of my mouth. And I thought about that verse and I prayed to God. I said, God, I know my heart is with you. I felt your love. I don't know how to be on fire. I've tried everything I can and I'm lukewarm. You said you'd rather have him be cold than lukewarm. And I prayed to God. I said, God, wait for me. I'll be back. That's my final resting place for sure. But I'm going to go into the world. I'm going to go cold. And I made that decision and I left church, went up, my friends were, you know, going out and I became the DD and, uh, you know, drove them out to San Francisco. And, you know, the next 10 years, if you want to call it of my life are a blur. Literally, I tried everything that if you want to call it, the world had to offer. And it was during this time that I still had the religious programming in order to be a good church boy, in order to be saved, in order to have salvation. Um, You can't do this. You can't do that. If you do this, you're a sinner. If you do that. So I had this programming ingrained into my subconscious mind. You know, from the ages of one to seven, your subconscious mind is wide open and you're downloading programs, patterns of how I receive love from my father, patterns of how I receive love from my mother, and you're downloading apps on the iPhone of your brain. And so I had these apps running that were like, if you go drinking, if you have sex before marriage, if you do any of these things, you're a sinner. And for the next 10 years, I did all of those things and and more. So I was out there in LA, I had started medical school and I was partying every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, binge drinking, um, you know, and, and really numbing down the pain that I felt from the separation, the perceived separation that I had from God. And I was numbing my higher self. And um, there came a certain point um, where, you know, the doctor said to me, hey, if you don't quit drinking, you're dead. Uh, My liver was dying. And so it was at that point that I decided to move out of LA and to finish my psychiatric residency 
um, in University of Washington in Seattle, Washington. And those were probably like my darkest days. Went through um, severe major depression um, where I couldn't get out of bed. I would have to pray like two, three hours every single morning to even make it into residency. But I'm so grateful I wouldn't change a thing because it was through that dark night of the soul that I started de, you know, how can I say, uh, creating space, plugging out from programs, things, friends, uh, things that didn't serve me anymore that were keeping me in shame. And I had to really go into religious programming and deprogramming everything that I've been um, taught in religion. And so, you know, from there, you know, um, I was in a relationship at the time that, uh, you know, in my intuition kept telling me like, yo, this relationship is she, she's your best friend. She's not your wife. And because of the programming that I had by this age, you're supposed to get married. You're supposed to get married to a nice Korean girl. You're supposed to get married to, uh, you know, and you're supposed to have kids at this age, you know, nine to five job, white picket fence. This is what a good Christian boy does. And because of that programming, every single day, even though my higher self was telling me, this is not for you, I would ignore that voice and I would stay in the relationship. And every single time I did that, I was denying my higher self, denying my intuition and coming into a lower frequency. And it culminated, uh, the universe, you know, pretty much took measures uh, so that I would get out of that relationship. And I was literally left alone in LA, um, you know, by myself, I hit rock bottom. And it was from that place that I heard the still small voice, your intuition. And that's been my life's work. There's two voices. One voice is the voice of the mind. It's a record of the past. It's not bad, but it's confusing. It goes back and forth and it's loud and noisy. It tells you things sometimes that aren't even true. You are not your thoughts. Um, and then when you can quiet the mind through the breath, the mind will follow the breath or the breath will follow the mind. And as I started quieting my mind, when the mind is quiet, the heart will speak. The intuition started speaking. It's not a voice. It's not loud. It's a still, quiet knowing. It can never lead you astray. It knows before it happens. It has your best interest in mind. And so from that place of rock bottom, I had nothing, no one. They're sitting there in LA driving down the 405, tears coming down my eyes. I mean, I felt like, I felt like Jesus in Gethsemane. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And from that place of rock bottom, I heard that still quiet voice. This time, there was a yoga studio across from my street. And it said, do 30 days of yoga in a row. And at the time, I was actually 55, 60 pounds heavier than I am, you know, um, from my lifestyle. And, you know, but when you hit rock bottom, uh, something clicks inside of you. It's like, I'm going to do it. So from that place, I would go do yoga every single day and I would sweat like bricks. I was a cardboard box. I was out of shape, but I would go and I made up my mind. And at the end of class, I would sit there in Shavasana 
And for the first time in about 12 years, I felt peace. And I said, I don't know what this feeling is, but I like it. And I want this feeling. And it's at that point that I got addicted to consciousness, addicted to knowing who I am. Um, and I began, if you want to say my hero's path, really started beginning and unfolding at the time. So, you know, from that place, I went into, and, you know, for anybody out there uh, who's, you know, yoga, learning how to breathe, if you're going to make one investment in life, let it be learning how to breathe. Because the mind will follow the breath or the breath will follow the mind. 99% of all psychiatric conditions that walk in the door as a psychiatrist, I would sit there and listen, is people identifying with their thoughts as if their thoughts are true. And when they identify with their thoughts, they get into you know stories. But the mind will follow the breath or the breath will follow the mind. So if you can learn how to breathe, quiet the mind through the breath, the intuition will speak. And that's what I was doing um, one afternoon. Um, instead of eating lunch, you know, I was two weeks away be uh, from becoming, you know, a partner at one of LA's biggest psychiatric firms, hospitals. And uh, I went out, as was my routine. Um, I sat under a tree. And I was meditating um, and my mind became quiet and my intuition spoke. Sam, today you're quitting your job. And, you know, the mind kicks in five seconds later. Hold on. I'm two weeks away from becoming a partner. Uh, what am I going to do for money? But it was, it was a very clear. You're quitting your job today. So I went upstairs and I wrote my two weeks notice. Two weeks away from becoming a partner. I mean, once you're a partner, you're set, right? So it was completely against logic. And oftentimes your intuition will be against logic. What? And I turned in my two weeks notice. And you know, everybody thought I was crazy. Um, but there was like a peace inside of me. I knew I was following my intuition. And my intuition could never lead me wrong. And so after I quit my job, um, you know, I started going to the beach and uh, in my hero's journey, you know, what's really, really important is uh, along the path is when you meet your mentor, your spiritual teacher. And so Dr. Joseph Michael Levy, you know, I met him because I was, you know, and once again, I was about to go to sleep one night in LA and I hear this small voice. You're supposed to go to that yoga studio today. Hold on. So I go to that yoga studio and there I met Dr. Joseph Michael Levy and he, it's like you know, he was giving a talk at a yoga and he read my soul and he told me everything about myself. And, you know, that's a really important part of my hero's journey is when you meet a mentor. Because a lot of us carry uh, either a mother wound or a father wound. And uh, if you carry some type of a father wound, um, with all respect to our fathers, they're doing the best they can. Along your path, you're going to have to meet a spiritual teacher or a mentor who will show you by example who you are, will believe in you even when you don't believe in yourself, who will give you the right words, the right practices, everything that you need in order for you to fulfill your hero's journey. And I met Dr. Levy, my hero's journey, and he, he gave me a practice. 
I mean, this man has like the spiritual power of Moses. I've never met. And he started like just being around him. I started realizing, holy shit. What's possible if you follow your hero's path, the path of truth, the path of consciousness is limitless. The, the amount of spiritual power that he had to me was like Moses. You know, it was just insane. Some of the things that he could do and he was using it to serve and help people. So I would see that example. And he gave me a spiritual practice, which is a, I call it like Kundalini on crack. It's called Nam Yoga. And it's where you raise the energy at the bottom of the spine through breath work um, and through mantras into your third eye. And now I understand because of the eternal life wisdom, what is the Kundalini energy? When we incarnated on the planet, there was energy stored in the first eight primal cells, life force energy, um, which some people call the Holy Spirit, Shakti, um, Chi, Prana. At the base of the spine, there's the energies of dimension one through nine called Kundalini energy. And so... The greatest lie ever told to humanity is that we are third dimensional beings. We are multi-dimensional beings. And at the bottom of the spine lays dormant the kundalini energies, the shakti, the dimensions one through nine frequencies. And the universe is very intelligent. The secrets of the universe are three, six, nine, twelve. Tesla said three, six, nine, but it's actually twelve as well. And so there's different practices you can do. Kundalini yoga, Nam yoga. Some of Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations are lifting the Kundalini. And for some people, they don't prefer to force it. They prefer to allow it to rise naturally. But he gave me a practice. And when he gave me the practice, he was like, it was a powerful practice. And he was like, he had a moment. I remember where he was like, hmm. And then he said, ah, you'll be all right. And he gave me the practice. And so I quit my job and I would go to the beach and I would do this practice. And I was chanting mantras and I was pumping Kundalini for two hours a day. And what was that really doing? It was sending the energies as you squeeze your root chakra. It squeezes the energy up from the like chakra one into chakra two. And then you squeeze your lower abdomen. It raises the frequency, dimension one through nine frequency, into your, your third chakra. And then you squeeze your upper abdomen and it sends it into your heart. And then you visualize through the awareness, through alchemical awareness, you see that energy shooting up your spine, the throne of God, um, the caduceus, some people call it, into your third eye. Now, Dr. Joe Dispenza has figured out that there's actually in science that there's little microscopic crystals um, uh, you know, certain sacred geometry crystals in your brain. And when you pump that, the cerebral spinal fluid goes up all the way uh, through the ventricles, uh, through uh, the liquid surrounding your um, pineal gland, the third eye. And Jesus said, if your eye is full of light, your whole body will have sight. He was talking about the third eye, right? Unify the third eye. All I see is blue skies. It's the spiritual sight. And I was tickling, I was doing this practice for two hours and I was activating the crystals in my third eye and I was activating my multidimensional self. I was remembering who I was 
And when this energy is a very pure energy. And so if there's anything unpure in your energy, like karma, what is karma? What is trauma? It's dense frequency that lives in the body. The body keeps the score. And when this high frequency meets it, it's going to be transmuted or released. And if your chakras are blocked, though, you can go through a healing crisis. And that's why my teacher thought, hmm, should I give it to him? Ah, he'll be all right. And I think he said he'll be all right because he knew he already knew like what type of soul I was, that I wasn't going to give up, that I wanted to have um, self-realization as fast as possible and that this practice would get me there. Right. So as I was doing this, this prayer started flowing out of me. And this prayer, I started saying for the liberation of all sentient beings, freedom for all, for a new global paradigm of mental health one that actually treats the root cause. Show me what I need to see. Tell me what I need to do. And for two hours every single day, I would activate my third eye, pump the Kundalini, and I would send this frequency out into the world. And eventually, if you keep continuously uh, sending out that frequency, and now we can measure that you know, there's electric frequency coming from your brain, and you can go into gamma waves, which is like a thousand times the energy of the normal brain in this at this frequency, you're sending that out. And then I'm feeling that too in my heart. I mean, there were times where I was crying for this, like your heart is a magnet and the intention is a magnetic frequency that exists between matter. Intention is a magnetic frequency. So as you're sending out the signal, the universe has no choice as a magnet to bring that reality into you. So be careful what you pray for. So I was praying for the liberation of all sentient beings because it, it, it will happen. It's just uh, quantum physics. And so as I was doing that, eventually things started to happen in my life. And, you know, I got a call. Uh, I don't even know how they found my number. Would you like to come be the medical director at this holistic health center in Sedona, Arizona called Alternative to Med Center, where we take people off of medications and we utilize holistic healing regimens that help people detox, uh, help people um, remember who they are. And so I went out there to Sedona and I, I spent a year out there. And every morning, you know, I was learning um, about how to take people off meds. I would go out. There was this like uh, airport rock up there and I would look at the early morning sun and I would sun gaze and I would say the same prayer and do the same practice. And, you know, my healing journey has led me through a lot of these different stages. And I want to share with you guys some of the most powerful healing tools I found along the way. So yoga is one. If you're, if you know, quiet the mind through the breath and the intuition will speak. You're increasing balance, flexibility, strength. But most of all, you're learning how to breathe. And if you do hot yoga, you're detoxing at the same time, right? So learning how to breathe, yoga is a great way to do that. Yoga saved my life. But more importantly, after that, then I was led to breath work. So remember I said, when you're born, seven to 11 generations of trauma are stored in the body, not to mention, you know, past lives and all those other things. So imagine that that trauma lives in the body as polarized frequency. And remember, higher oscillation entrains lower vibration. So I went full on into and got trained as a transformational breathwork instructor. So as you do breathwork, breath in the God breathe into man the breath of life. Breath in uh, is prana, 
life force energy, qi. It's a high frequency. So there are breath works that you can do, like transformational breath work, holotropic breath work. Um, there's apps on your phone, Insight Timer for free, Othership. Breath works that you can do for 30, 45 minutes at a time. It's going to bring in this high frequency and it's going to start increasing the energy through the power of the breath into your body. Now, when this higher oscillation meets the trauma or the karma, oftentimes during this breath work, the seven to 11 generations of trauma poof, spontaneous released. And in order to release it, you got to feel it. You got to heal it. You got to feel it, reveal it, right? So it's revealed what this trauma is. And so I started doing this breath work regularly, consistently. And it was like, I mean, I was going back, releasing past life trauma, releasing trauma from this life. It's a great way to start releasing your ancestral trauma through the power of holotropic breath work, uh, transformational breath work. There's a bunch of different types of breath work out there right now. A lot of the yoga, local yoga studios are doing that too. So once you get on your hero's journey, um, there's tools that will come to you. Yoga was one for me, became a yoga teacher. Breathwork was huge for me. Um, I mean, you would see me um, in LA uh, with my backpack on, walking down the street to the library to study, just doing crazy breathwork all day because the breath would give me temporary relief. Yeah, and then so breath saved my life. I'm going to repeat it. If you learn how to do one thing in life, learn how to breathe. The mind will follow the breath or the breath will follow the mind. If you learn how to quiet your mind through your breath, not only can you hear your intuition, but you become limitless. Because the universe is mental. The mind will follow the breath or breath will follow. So when you're in your breath and you're present, then you can literally have control over your mind and the universe is mental. Control your breath, you can control your mind. Control your mind, the universe is mental. You can control your, your experience in life and you can manifest and materialize um, if you learn how to breathe. And you know they say 10,000 hours, right? So every single day to this day, I still breathe. Um, now, one of the other practices that really, really helped me was learning how to work with the early morning sun. So... Just on a physical level, within the first hour of the sun rising, it's actually safe within the first hour to do early morning sun gazing for about 15 to 20 minutes. And when that early morning sun hits your eyes, well, first of all, it hits your skin. Obviously, it's you know helping with vitamin D. We know how, that, how that's important. Melanin, science is just beginning to understand the importance of melanin. And then the sun, it goes into your eyes, an optic nerve all the way and hits your pineal gland and it starts to release serotonin. Now, serotonin is going to help you with your sleep cycles. It's going to help you with your mood. Um, but also when serotonin is at an adequate level, you feel content. The belief in lack is the root cause of all suffering. So when I feel like I need something, I need my more of this. I need this person to be that way. Something external to me should not be the way it is. I suffer. The belief in lack is the root cause of all suffering. So in the morning, if you start with early morning sun gazing, it's going to release that serotonin and help you feel content. And from that place of contentness, 
everything is exactly the way it should be. That's what early morning sun gazing can also help you do. Now, the sun is a symbol. It's a symbol of unconditional love. It doesn't care what you did last night. It rises every single morning. It's consistent. It shines upon every single person without bias. doesn't matter who you are. It's going to shine on you. And that is some of the spiritual principles because you have a sun in your heart. I have a sun in my heart. So I would sit there and I would early morning sun gaze and I would think about unconditional love, consistency, and the serotonin would start to flow. Vitamin D would start to come out. And then I would breathe in the sun. There's what is called, um, if you want to call it, you can breathe in the rays of the sun through your skin into the water. We are water. So when fire and water meet, it's very deep. There's a al spiritual alchemical reaction that starts happening. You know, Jesus talked about, you know, um, if you drink from the water I give you, you shall never thirst again to the woman at the well. What was he talking about? He wasn't making it up. There is what we call eternal living water hydrolase. And when you do early morning sun gazing with certain sound tones and certain symbols, and you're breathing in the energy of the sun, the sun is a portal. And so there's a portal of energy. The sun behind the sun is actually what the ancient Egyptians were looking at. There's a light that gives light to the light. And that, and you're breathing that in, into your body, into the water of your body, absorbing that for 15 to 20 minutes a day. You can start producing with certain sound tones and symbols, pre-eternal living water hydrolase from the duct on top of your head. And if you heal the water, the water will heal us. There are certain people right now out there who are healing cancer with water. Heal the water and the water will heal us. And one of the most natural ways to do that is early morning sun gazing, breathing in the frequency of the healing rays of the sun, unconditional love, consistent, doesn't care what you did last night for 15 to 20 minutes in the morning. Now, this makes me want to touch on water too. There's different levels of water. If you want to invest in anything in your life, okay, invest in your water. I know a lot of people who are health freaks out there are investing in spirulina, really expensive supplements, um, really high quality organic food. Good. Let food be thy medicine. But even more important, invest in your water. How much time, energy, and money are you pouring into your water? Because if you heal the water, the water will heal us. We are water. And so that can look like, you know, starting to drink fresh mountain spring water. Uh, nature has the answer. So at the very top of the mountain, that's the purest water, right? It's absorbing the sun. It's absorbing the minerals. We are, we are made from the minerals. We are made from the sun. We are all of the elements. So starting with fresh mountain water is a, is a good place to start. But there's levels to water as well. If you haven't heard of deuterium, deuterium depleted water, look it up and research that. See, there's different types of water and different frequencies of water. There's also a water called John Ellis water. Drink John Ellis water. And so, you know, go. I, I encourage each one of us to invest into our water. Heal the water and the water will heal us. Now, there's different ways to infuse your water. Okay. Dr. Emoto in Hidden Messages of Water and his scientific experiments proved 
that water has memory and it takes on the frequency, the crystalline structure of the words and the emotions that we're emitting into the water. And so you can hold your water before you drink it. And you can breathe in gratitude. He showed that underneath the crystal, when the water is frozen, gratitude and love is the most beautiful sacred geometrical crystals underneath the microscope. So you breathe into your heart. Gratitude, thank you. you. Just take a pause before you drink your water and you exhale from your heart into your hands, into the water. And you feel this frequency coming out of your hands into the water and you can say water is life. Thank you. And you drink it. And remember that heal the water, the water, heal the water you just drank, the crystalline structure, you just change it is going to become your body. Right. So uh, I started learning about these different things. I started learning about breath or became a yoga teacher. And then, you know, I went on a deeply healing journey with plant medicine. Um, you know, I did my first, it was a calling and I did my first journey uh, with uh, ayahuasca. Um, and I remember my first journey, I was this LA boy. I didn't really know much about nature. I didn't really know much, but I was in a good mood. I was waking up, I was doing my yoga, right? And it, and it, it seems to, the mood you bring to it, it, it potentiates that in my experience. So went up there and I was having my first experience and, um, you know, boom, the medicine hit and it awakened a part of me. I started breathing in a new way. And this ancient part of me woke up and I started breathing on people and I felt this unconditional love. It was a powerful experience. And then I was led to go outside and there was a big oak tree outside. And uh, I didn't know anything about nature at the time, but I started breathing with this tree. And as I started breathing with this oak tree, these neon green lines started shooting out of the tree into me, into the tree from the plants, the plants. And I started seeing this whole forest of interconnected lines of energy, neon green lines, and then boom, and it started connecting to the stars. And I just sat there in awe. And I had that moment where I realized we are all one. Everything is connected. You are never alone. And it was the most profound feeling and realization. And from that point, you know, uh, I went on my journey of working with every single plant medicine that I could find in a sacred, safe set setting and intention. And each plant taught me something new along the way until the plants told me. Um, one morning I was doing my morning prayers uh, for the liberation of all sentient beings, new global paradigm of mental health, show me what I need to see. And I heard the intuition, no more plants. So I stopped working with plants, said, you've learned everything you need to learn. Um, but then as I was in Sedona, one morning I woke up and I said, today, uh, we're going to, we're going to have you work with, um, uh, you know, uh, a cactus plant. And I said, where? I said, by the water. And later on that day, a coworker who never, ever calls me, called me and said, hey, we have this cabin. It's right by the creek. We want you to come spend some time there. And I was on my way there. I, I met someone and they told me about a protocol. And long story short, I experienced the protocol. Um, and, uh, you know, some people call it clarigenics, but, you know, we're calling it the heart protocol. And. When I first experienced that protocol, I connected 
to a part of me. So much gratitude, so much love. It knew exactly why I'm here, what I'm here to do, what my purpose is. And it started telling me things about my life, about my path. And the cool thing was my higher self was online, but my lower self was online and I could record it, what I was saying. And for about three, four, five hours, I had probably one of the most profound experiences of my life where I had a direct connection to my higher self. Remember, indigenous wisdom says there's only one disease, a disconnection from your higher self. And, you know, I had tried all the other plant medicines, but this hit different. And I had been praying for a new global paradigm in health. And next thing I know, um, gratitude for every single person along that journey who helped me uh, along that path. Um, you know, I became, uh, if you want to call it, uh, a facilitator of this medicine. And it's my sacred contract now um, to share this medicine with whoever feels called. Um, and we're seeing, you know, uh, you heard the word, a new global paradigm in health. There's only one disease, a disconnection from one's own higher self. And this is the best tool that I found so far that can reconnect people to the multidimensional wisdom, unconditional love, safety, and badassness of their own unique higher self or soul. Cool thing is you get to record it. So I recorded it and I came back and I saw things, I felt things, and then I typed it out. I, I typed out what I had said. I created a transcript. And you know, this was about four years ago. I said a lot of things on my transcript, one by one by one. Um, you know, when you go to that, there's no time or space when you're in that space. So little by little over time, it's slowly starting to unfold in my life. And this prayer of creating a new global paradigm of mental health and is slowly starting to unfold. And so that's been my hero's journey. Um, you know, and so there's so many beautiful healing technologies out there. No matter what you or your loved one or your family member is going through, I can confidently say, if you hold that intention, I want to know who I am. I want to remember who I am. I want to help my father heal. I want to help um, my son heal. The technology's already here. And we are on the path to create a new global paradigm of mental health. It doesn't matter what disease Western science has created. I promise you, the technology is already here to heal. But healing is just the beginning. Once you heal, the end path of all spiritual paths is service. Doesn't matter if you're Christian, doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, doesn't matter. If you continue on the path of truth, eventually it's going to come to a place where it's all about service because it's impossible to help someone else without helping yourself. And so... Now, once you heal, it's about self-realization and self-actualization. You are limitless. Anything or anyone who tells you otherwise, it's programming or conditioning. Anything you want to do in this lifetime, you can do. If you hold a pure intention. Remember, intention is a magnetic frequency that exists between matter. Your heart is a magnet. Right? And as you do that, the right teacher, the right 
you know, um, technique, the right healing modality, the right book is going to come to you as a magnet. Your intention is attracting that into your life in perfect divine right timing, harmony and order. And then you just move with the universe, hold that intention. You keep taking steps forward and eventually you're going to come to what it seems like is a roadblock. There is no such thing as failure, only lessons, blessings and opportunities. So when you hit that roadblock, you take a step back. What's my lesson? What's my blessing? What's my opportunity? Oh, cool. Got, got it. I needed to learn that. Because later on, if I didn't learn that now, it's going to be a problem later. The universe is so intelligent. It's always working for you, not against you. Take a step back, breathe, and then you keep taking a couple steps forward. And then you never give up. Hold a pure intention. What's the lesson, blessing, opportunity? And if you continue to do that in life, you are going to complete your hero's journey. You are limitless. You're going to continue to expand. But when you get to the top of one mountain, you know, the original intention of source was to continuously expand, to continuously learn. And we're at a very beautiful, pivotal, amazing intersection point in humanity's history where the technology is just increasing uh, exponentially. Uh, mantras, technologies that you used to, we used to have to back in the day, wait outside of a guru's temple for you know, months or years to receive one mantra. You can get that access to that now. So the healing potential to fulfill self-realization and self-actualization has never been greater than it is now. So there's actually souls and spirit, ancient souls that have never incarnated before right now, lined up waiting to come to Mother Earth because they know that it's almost, if you want to say, an epic time in Earth's history. I call it the last scene of Avatar, um, the most epic love story ever written. Um, the return of the living record book of souls, at least a billion back to the loving arms of source. And I want to end this podcast by talking about what excites me the most right now. And that is what I call the eternal life wisdom. You know, that's the wisdom that, you know, Jeshua was going to Egypt to learn about. This wisdom to me is more valuable to me than anything on this planet. This wisdom has been attempted and intended to be released many times to humanity. But it's never, you know, the record books have been erased, changed, distorted. Because the truth of this wisdom is saying, you are who you've been looking for. Take a look inside and you will find you are who you've been looking for. You don't need a guru. G U R U. You don't need a middleman between you and God. You don't need a middleman between you and, you know, your money. You don't need a middleman between you. You are free. You are free. You are free. And that's what some people call this, the freedom teachings. But take a look inside where? Into the intron potential DNA. Scientists used to call junk DNA. It's not junk. It's potential. The fourth, fifth, and sixth-stranded DNA is your soul, a bandwidth of frequency, a less dense carbon crystalline version of you existing right now. The seventh, eighth, nine-stranded DNA is your oversoul, a pure crystalline less dense version of you existing right now. The 10th, 11th, 12th-stranded DNA is the avatar inner Christ and the language of our potential DNA, not junk, is frequency. 
sound, light, and symbols. And symbols are sound and light dancing. And so this wisdom is deep and vast. And to me, I call it the science of source. It literally goes through details. And for me, I love source. I want to learn about source. And when you leave this planet, there's only three things you can take with you. Who you become, your character, right? what you learn. So this eternal life wisdom, death is a transition state in consciousness. It's real on the physical plane, but your spirit or your soul never dies. Your spirit, your soul will retain this information. And love, your connections, your relationships, right? So for me, it's been this beautiful, amazing, um, deep dive into the science of source, the, the eternal life wisdom. Some people call it Kalantic science, the science of bioregenesis. Um, and I'm so excited uh, to continue this journey with you guys and share with you um, more about this eternal life wisdom. Um, take a look inside and you will find you are who you've been looking for the whole time. Love, light, peace, and truth to all sentient beings. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Spiritual Psychiatrist Podcast. We hope today's show has provided you with the insights, inspiration, and tools you need to remember who you really are, live your best life, and fulfill your hero's journey. What's up, family? I wanted to introduce you to the most affordable, accessible, pure compound grade peptides that you can find on the market. Uh, we're super excited and proud to launch this company, www.practicalpeptides.com. And our aim for this company was to allow people to order peptides straight from their home and receive pure pharmaceutical grade peptides to help people lose weight naturally to help people build muscle to get shredded to get into their best physical emotional mental shape of their lives so if this is something you're interested in go ahead and check out www.practicalpeptides.com the link will be down below to stay connected with our podcast community please subscribe share rate and review the show on your preferred platform your feedback helps us reach more souls on their path to healing and self-realization. One billion souls. Let's go. For access to show notes, transcripts, and additional resources, please visit our website at www.samuelbleemd.com. www.samuelbleemd.com. You'll also find information about upcoming episodes and special guests. Remember, your journey towards healing and self-realization is a sacred one, and you are never, ever alone on your journey. It's an absolute joy and an honor to support you on your hero's path, the path of truth, and the truth will set you free. Until our next episode, I encourage you to take a look inside, and you will find you are who you've been looking for the whole damn time. And always remember, be you. Be unique, be beautiful. This is Dr. Samuel Lee signing off from the Spiritual Psychiatrist Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode.